Arkansas football is cleaning house. The Panthers are interested in Sean Payton as a coach. Should our basketball teams in the small market South go after players during the trade deadline? And does Jacksonville stand a chance when it comes to the playoffs? Friday is here, and there's a lot for us to go over on this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. Honest. Let's make. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Solomon, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Take 14. Joining me later on will be Christy for Christy's Corner. We'll focus on that more later. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for all things sports in different forms and varieties. First and foremost, we are going to be talking about Arkansas. And if you know me or know my love of vines, I have to start off by saying, so I am confused. Why is this Kansas? But this one is not our Kansas. If you don't get it, just watch the video. Anyway, moving on. So right now, we don't really talk about Arkansas too, too much in our podcast episodes. And it's nothing against Arkansas. I mean, we have love support for teams in the South, especially in the SEC, except Texas A&M. But when it comes to Arkansas, they don't really do anything here. I mean, they're very up in the air for sure. I feel like, you know, they could be a good team or they could not be a good team. No one really knows. But I think with this, you know, there's a lot to really focus on in regards to the Arkansas Razorbacks at this moment. So why Arkansas? Why the focus with Arkansas? So we haven't talked about Arkansas too, too much, but with this team, they are basically going full clean house. That's right. So many of their assistant coaches coordinators are leaving and Art Bryles is the latest one now Art Bryles is going to go to TCU and he's going to take over for Garrett Riley who Garrett Riley was going to go is now going to Clemson Garrett Riley was also my top choice for the vacant offensive coordinator position but that's not going to happen. And also, I mean, after we saw that collapse in the national championship, I think most Bama fans don't want him there. But this is still very big because it's one thing for Arkansas to lose all their coaches, but they were also a contender for some of the first part of the season. You know, they had their struggles against Texas A&M, they had their struggles against Alabama, and ultimately they had their struggles throughout the rest of the year. But still, this team actually did somewhat decent and better than more people had expected. So it's not too, too surprising. But still, you know, like this is a very interesting idea, too, because not only do you lose Art Bryles, but Barry Odom took the UNLV head coaching job. And then you bring in Travis Williams from UCF, Marcus Woodson as co-defensive coordinators, and then Michael Schur went to UNLV, tight ends coach, left to become the offensive coordinator at South Carolina. And then he also fired the strength and conditioning coach. So Sam Pittman's making a lot of moves, but I don't know how they're going to handle this because this is something where Alabama deals with this, but Alabama and Arkansas are so different. So it's very interesting to see but the thing that I think many people have also forgotten is that with Art Bryles now going to TCU Arkansas brings in a familiar face in Dan Enos 
who I actually wanted Dan Enos to come back to Alabama. He had been at Alabama for a year back in 2018. He helped develop Tua and Jalen. But with this, I mean, I think the move makes a little bit more sense in this regard going back to Arkansas. But keep your eyes peeled for some news in regards to Arkansas. You know, bringing in Dan Enos is going to be good, especially for this offense. You know, he had been there before. He worked with Brandon Allen. I believe he worked with Austin Allen, too. He has the years of experience, so I think he would be a good match. So Arkansas, you know, right now cleaning house. So maybe this is their way of saying that they want to compete when it comes to the SEC West, especially when you have Alabama, LSU there. Now, moving on to the NFL and some news that not only destroys me, especially because the Pelicans lost at the time of this recording yesterday at home, but now with Sean Payton and all these ideas and rumors that he wants to get back into coaching, not only is this you know, hard to understand because Sean Payton literally stepped away from the Saints last year and now the Saints are falling apart. But now we're also seeing that people are interested in him. And one owner of a team that we talk about a lot on this show has said that he would give just about anything he wants to be the team's coach. And of course, we know who that team is because it is, you guessed it, the Carolina Panthers. Of all teams, the Carolina Panthers are interested in Sean Payton. How do I feel about this? This blows. If Sean Payton goes to coach at the Carolina Panthers, who play the Saints twice a year, not only will every Saints fan get a knife through their heart, but every Saints fan, every Saints coach, every Saints player is going to struggle with this. So right now, even though I don't want Sean Payton to be a coach anywhere but the Saints, it's looking like he might, you know, there are talks about him having an interview with the Broncos. He might go into the Chargers if something were to happen to Brandon Staley. Right now, we don't know in regards there. You know, there's also the potential part in regards to maybe the Panthers or you know, it could be the Cardinals. So really, it could be possible there. But I think for now, as much as it would suck to see Sean Payton coach another team, not the Saints, I feel like him coaching the Broncos wouldn't be too, too bad. And right now they're saying that he was impressive in that interview. And even though he would bring credibility to the Panthers, they would have to start completely over for the Panthers. And you have to remember that they're still having to do a lot to get him from the Saints. So it will be pricey too. Wait, how many first round picks would you give up? How much are you wanting to invest from your future so you can get the coach that you think is going to be right for your team? Is it a good opportunity? I don't really know if it's a good opportunity. And I know that we give a lot of grief to the city of Charlotte because they struggle right now. But I feel like with this, you know, they had something really great under Steve Wilkes. And they found that culture that they were very much lacking. Now they're finding that culture. But with this, you know, they might have to start over. And I don't really necessarily like that idea of starting over because then you would go back to point A rather than 
going forward. And I think this team is always finding ways to fall backwards rather than go forward. Before we do move on, I do want to offer some words of care, love, and support to Charlotte FC as they did just lose one of their team members. Anton's Walker had just passed away at the time of this recording in a boating accident. You know, we want to make sure that we're thinking of them at this time. Excuse me, I said Walker, it's Walks. Anton Walks was 25. He was the defender for Charlotte FC. And he was in a boat crash. Charlotte FC owner David Tepper, who's also the owner of the Panthers, said that all the club was devastated. He was a son, a father, partner, and teammate whose joyous approach to life touched everyone he met. He joined in the debut season. He played in 23 matches with 21 starts. And that's just a big loss. You know, I know that in these podcast episodes, we like to have fun. We like to share a lot of laughs. But right now, you have to remember that we are in the real world. And we have to think of these people too. You know, right now, they have been struggling. And this is going to be something that they're going to have to handle and understand. So we're thinking of you at this time, Charlotte FC. We know that this is hurting but we support you and we're here by your side throughout this whole time. And with it being Friday, it is time for Christy's Corner. And she's going to drop in and give us some of her hot takes and see what might be going on in this coaching carousel. As always, the floor is yours, Christy. Hello. Welcome to another Christy's Corner Can I just say like the famous Christie's Corner? This is the place where I always say you heard it here first and I told you so. So I have picked a lot of coaches that have either been fired or are going to new places and somehow I always pick them right. So maybe after this show, we'll see some of these come true. But we are going to start with some coaching rumors specifically in the NFL. So the Broncos, Cardinals, Colts, Panthers, and Texans all need head coaches for this next season, next fall. Um, And let's start with some picks or who I think you might hear their name mentioned, who might start interviewing with places maybe they've already interviewed. And first, we're going to start it with the most wanted, and that is Sean Payton. So he has already interviewed with the Texans. We haven't heard anything much after that, but he does have plans to meet with Broncos and Panthers this week, which would have to be Friday today um, because that's the end of this week. So any team that decides to go after Sean Payton is going to have to work out a trade with the Saints. So Sean Payton retired still under contract with the Saints. So basically they own him. They can kind of control his destiny. So the Saints are going to get something out of this. They're not just going to let him go. And that's most likely going to be a first round pick. And I think it's going to be probably mid or last round of the first round. So I'm not sure if I can predict a landing spot for him. I don't think it'll be the Texans. I don't think it'll be the Colts. 
I say my top two landing spots for Sean Payton are the Broncos and the Panthers, and I myself am leaning more towards the Broncos. Um, and then I have some that were mentioned from Bleacher Report. So we have offensive coordinator from the Lions, Ben Johnson, who had worked for the Dolphins also in the past. He is a lead candidate for actually the Panthers. So the Panthers owner is infatuated with him, loves him. I think he could be a good fit there, um, even more so than Sean Payton, I think. I think Sean Payton has too much tied into the Saints, and we know the Saints and the Panthers are in the same division, so I just don't think that would work for him. So I like this pick better for the Panthers and Ben Johnson. We also have offensive coordinator from the Giants, Mike Kafka, and he's a top candidate for the Colts. Now, the only thing with him is teams are going to have to be patient. We know that the Giants did make it into the playoffs, so it depends how far they go. And the Giants head coach said he's not allowed to interview, not allowed to talk with any other teams until they get through the rest of their season because they would like to focus on each next step as far as they can make it. So those are my picks for the NFL right now. I say look out for those three names to move to a new team and move to from offensive coordinator to head coach. As far as college, Alabama needs a new defensive coordinator. So Pete Golding was let go, and he is now going to be the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss. So I have four names that I think you should look out for to take this spot. So my favorite pick is Glenn Schumann. He is Georgia's co-defensive coordinator currently. Now, the story with him is that he actually attended Alabama for college and then was an assistant coach or assistant on the coaching team from 2008 to 2015. So he has ties to Alabama. Not only is he an alumni there, he really respects Saban. He has already worked under him. And he's worked with um, Kirby Smart, who coaches a lot like Nick Saban because he went through Nick Saban's coaching school. So I think he's my favorite pick there. Obviously, he has a great resume right now with two national championships back-to-back, -back, might I add. Another pick, a little more controversial, is Jeremy Pruitt. So we all know Jeremy Pruitt as the former Alabama defensive coordinator, but most recently as the head coach of Tennessee, who was let go for all of the recruiting scandals. Now, the only thing with Jeremy Pruitt is I don't think that the scandal is still being investigated, but it is still so fresh that I'm not even sure he can, well, I guess legally he can, but under SEC rules, I'm not sure that he's eligible to be an SEC coach right now because of his track record. So I don't even know that he can be an actual candidate, but I would really not mind him coming back at all. Nick Saban won't let him pull any stunts. And then I have two other names to look for. So we have Jim Leonard. He is the former Wisconsin defensive coordinator. Now, the only red flag I have with him is recruiting. So if he came to Alabama, I am not sure 
how his recruiting game would look. He is from Wisconsin, born and raised, has always coached there. So he has no ties to the South or any players in the South. So that could be a downfall for him. And the last one to look out for to take this defensive coordinator position is Todd Grantham. So he is actually already at Alabama. He's Alabama's defensive analyst. And I think he's great. He's done great things there. He has a good rapport with Nick Saban. So we might just stay in-house and give somebody a promotion. And I think I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with giving him a shot. But I do think it's going to be one of these four names. My top pick, again, is Glenn Schumann from Georgia. So not only does Alabama need a new defensive coordinator, we all know they're going to need a new offensive coordinator. Now, good old Bill O'Brien is not technically gone yet, but he has officially interviewed with the Patriots. And as an Alabama and a Patriot fan, it's a little bittersweet. It's sweet to see him leave Alabama because this past season was atrocious. And it's a little bitter to see him come back to the Patriots just because of what we saw in him this past season in Bama. But he does have the relationship with Bill Belichick and also Mac Jones. And I know that the Patriots are really investing in Mac Jones' opinion for their new offensive coordinator. So I trust Mac. So if he thinks it's a good choice, I'm going to trust it. And I hope he looks a heck of a lot better next season. So I only have one pick. And Jake, thank you for convincing me. <laughs> for Alabama's new offensive coordinator, I would like to see Cliff Kingsbury. So Cliff is kind of a Mike Leach prodigy, and I think he could bring in a new spark to Alabama's offense, and I think they need it. Now, if he comes to Alabama, I don't think you're going to see a huge change in the first season. It's going to take some convincing of Nick Saban, but he knows that their team and their offense needs to evolve and needs to keep up with the new fast-paced offense that we're seeing. So Cliff Kingsbury could bring in those air raid offense type plays, type styles. And again, I think it's what Bama needs. I think they need to shake things up. You know, people think they're done. They think the dynasty's over. So if this happens, this could really change some things and change the way people are thinking about Alabama. So a lot to look out for in the coming weeks with all of these coaching changes and positions. And hopefully next Friday, I can say, I told you so. But this weekend, we have NFL playoffs. I'm so excited. There's some really exciting games. So in the AFC, we have the Jags versus Kansas City. I'm going to pick Kansas City there, and we'll get into why a little bit later. We also have Cincinnati versus the Bills. And then the NFC games, we have the Giants versus the Eagles and the Cowboys versus the 49ers. So in all those games, I'm picking Kansas City over the Jags, Bills over Cincinnati, Eagles over New York, and the 49ers over the Cowboys. So in the Jags-Kansas City game, First of all, the Jags really don't have any offensive weapons. I mean, you have Trevor Lawrence, and that's about it. And even that can be spotty, as we just saw in the last game. 
four interceptions in one half is not good. Now, it's good that you can overcome that and get over it and win the game, but this time you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes has weapons. If you even just play Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey all night long, I think they can outdo Trevor Lawrence in his offense. And the Cincinnati versus Bills game, this game I think is going to mean a lot more to both teams. We all know what happened the last game. So first of all, the Bills have a lot to play for. And I've even heard that DeMar Hamlin is going to attend the game. If that doesn't put a fire under them, I don't know what will. But this game is really just the battle of the quarterbacks. You have Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. So it's really just going to be who can cancel each other out. And that's who's going to win this game. I do think it's going to be a very back and forth game, but I look for the Bills to win. And then back to our NFC games, the Giants versus the Eagles. I think the Giants peaked. I think we saw them play their best game last weekend. And Philly has the advantage at all positions. And with Jalen back and healthy and a week to prepare, I think the Eagles win this easily. And the Cowboys versus 49ers. This is a very highly anticipated game. Cowboys fans are so excited to finally have their team back in the playoffs. And, you know, as much as I don't like the Cowboys, they do have a lot of playmakers. So if they want to stand a chance in this game, they're going to have to have these playmakers show up and give it their all. And they also might want a new kicker. Now, I have heard some rumors, and I don't know the truth behind all this, that he purposely missed those kicks for betting reasons, like to keep the points in a certain place. Who knows? It's possible, not possible. I don't know. But the 49ers have Brock Purdy, and we all know what he's doing. So if he can keep the right mindset, not get nervous that he's in the playoffs, not even remember that he's Mr. Irrelevant, and Christian McCaffrey can do his thing, I think the 49ers are going to pull this win off. So I know on last episode, I gave Trevor Lawrence a lot of hate. I said T-Law doing T-Law things. Now, T-Law again, went out and did T-Law things. He made a statement about the Arrowhead Stadium because it is one of the loudest stadiums, and he said he can't imagine their fans being any louder than the Jaguars fans. Trevor, when you are on the road in a playoff game and you're going to the opposing team to play, talking about their fans is not going to help your case. And I feel like he should know that from college. You don't trash the the week leading up to the game. You don't trash the fans. You don't trash the team. You don't trash talk the coaches because we know what happens. You'll go out there and it'll just be a dumpster fire. So I hope that doesn't come back to bite him, but we've seen it again and again. And these teams have played before in November, and Patrick Mahomes just outplayed Trevor Lawrence. So if he can do that again, easily 49ers and Trevor's not going to go any further but we will see what happens and we will be able to recap it all next week thank you for listening bye and of course it's important for us to break down the upcoming matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs
Now we've talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars a good bit, and I know that people are a little concerned because we've been talking about Florida teams for a while, but it also makes sense because this is a team that's in the playoffs and none of our small market teams in the NFL made the playoffs. So if you want us to talk about your small market teams in the playoffs, make the playoffs. I'm looking at you, New Orleans, Nashville, Charlotte, Atlanta. You get the idea. So with this, really, I definitely think it is important that we break down the Jacksonville Jaguars versus Kansas City Chiefs. This game is going to be very important because this is a divisional round. I just don't think that the Jacksonville Jaguars have the strength to go up to Kansas City and win there. I mean, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. This is a team that has won the Super Bowl. They've been to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. They have a lot of postseason success. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. I don't think that Trevor Lawrence can really stand the chance. I mean, I know that they can compete with one another, but these teams are so different. You know, remember, this team is reminding me of the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars team. Now, I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence isn't elite, But I feel like with this team, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. They're going to keep it close. And they showed a mentality of strength and they showed that they can compete. But this is the Kansas City Chiefs at Kansas City. And these fans are going to be loud. They're going to be rocking. That's weird for me to say. So give me the Kansas City Chiefs, but just by a little bit. Maybe by a field goal, maybe by a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be a molly because this is a very good team on both ends. But I wouldn't be surprised if we were to see a few hiccups from Trevor Lawrence, especially after he threw four interceptions in his more recent playoff game. And in other news, with the NBA trade deadline now upcoming, it is important to ask, should the teams in the South pursue a trade? Short answer, yes. So right now, with our teams in the South, they're either contenders or they're the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I know that we're trying to be nicer to the city of Charlotte, but right now the city of Charlotte, especially the Charlotte Hornets, are struggling. They have one of the worst records. So the Charlotte Hornets need to be active in the trade market. They need to look for assets. They have picks, but they also don't know how to operate. And sometimes it's very weird there. Next, we have the Grizzlies. I don't think the Grizzlies need to really be active in any trades. I mean, right now, they have one of the best young cores with Jaw, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, I guess you can throw Steven Adam in there, Jaron Jackson. So, I mean, I don't think they need to be super active in the trade, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try and go after someone. With the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, like we've always said, they're kind of, you know, at 500, below 500. They're kind of all really over the place. So I think they need to, too. I mean, the trade to Jante Murray combo has worked out well. DeAndre Hunter looks pretty decent, but you can tell they're definitely missing Kevin Herter. So I definitely think they need a shooter, maybe someone to come off the bench too, especially if Clint Capella isn't a full go like he has been recently. So look for them. And finally with the Pelicans, oh my gosh, yes. So this team started out really great. 
Then Brandon Ingram got hurt. Then Zion Williamson got hurt. Then Herb Jones got hurt. Basically, moral of the story is that everyone on this team has been hurt except Jonas Valanciunas. So basically, of the starting five, only JV has not been hurt. So I think with this team, they need to be active in the trade. Now, they have assets. They have picks. They have depth. They have players. They've been talks with the Toronto Raptors about getting Gary Trent Jr., OG, Precious, maybe Pascal, but it's going to cost them. So I've seen a lot of different talks. Will they trade Trey Murphy? Will they trade Dyson? Will they trade Herb? As a Herb fan, absolutely not. You are not trading Herb Jones. I don't know where this idea came from. I know that they're going to say, well, he's having a down year. He's been hurt. Do not trade someone in their second year. Here are your assets that you can trade. You have the Lakers first pick. You should keep that. But you have another pick. You could trade that. You could trade a second. You could trade Jackson Hayes. You trade Devontae Graham. You could trade Willie Hernan Gomez. I know that Willie was a big part of keeping the locker room together. But still, you have to look at it from a business perspective. Brandon Ingram has not played in two months. Zion Williamson has not played in a few weeks. They might not be back until the trade deadline or even All-Star Weekend. So be on the lookout here. But the Pelicans need to be active in the trade market right now because this is a team that has struggled recently. They just got blown out at home by the Miami Heat. And they also blew a lead to the Cleveland Cavaliers without Donovan Mitchell. They are needing to find a way back into this because right now they're fourth in the West behind the Kings, who were fourth before. So right now, this Pelicans team needs to be active in the trade deadline. Look for more shooters. Look for some more rim protectors because Larry Nitsch Jr., even though he operates as a small five, He's been hurt too. So I think with this team, they need to be active in the trade market and they need to see what they can plan for the future. But that's going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We couldn't have done this without you. We couldn't have grown without you. Here's to 2023. And as always, thank you so much. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake's Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake's 14. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sport underscore. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook as well. We've got a lot of great content coming out there. As always, we will be back on Monday We'll recording them on Monday, but the episode will be out on Tuesday. And as always, you can find this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Amazon Music. We're basically on all platforms when it comes to podcasting. And as always, as always, continue to be great. Be the best version that you can be. Make other people happy. Continue to be a light in this world. The world is still a very scary place after especially this past few weeks of uncertainty. And as always, as always, we really appreciate all that you do. We will see y'all later. Take care.